Okay, we have the privilege and the pleasure of having Golden Valley Church with us here. Can we give Golden Valley a huge round of applause? Yeah, come up here, come up here. This is Wesley Boxham. He um, his beautiful wife, Sharon, have been in ministry in various shapes and forms for over 30 years. Can we give them a huge round of applause as well and just honor them? And they have been doing amazing work um, in various places. And Wes, you'll tell us more about what's happening with um, Gone Valley Church. Um, but shall we just um, shall we extend our hands and pray for Wesley and pray for the Golden Valley Church? And Lord, we just we just lift up Wes to you. We just love Father when we have our brothers from other mothers and just coming to join and to share with us. Um, Father, we just open our hearts. Uh, we just bless Wesley. We bless them as a couple. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for the example of just laying down lives for the gospel, for the kingdom, Lord. And we just, we just open our hearts. We receive, Father, what they have to give, Lord. So just bless them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Wes. Thank you so much. I'm going to just try and put my coffee somewhere. I'll put it here. I'll just put it here beside me. Is that okay? Because then I can reach it with that hand. Hey, well, it's good to be here. Uh, I'm getting one little confusion when I'm here because we call ourselves GVC. And so, uh, because Golden Valley Church, the initials are the same as Gloucester Vineyard Church. And I remember when you guys started up, seeing one of your posts, Daniel, and you put, come to GVC, and my head started to spin because I thought, oh, we've got, so we call ourselves GVC 1 and 2, but I'm not sure which is the 1 and which is the 2. <laughs> you can take the improved, yes, or approved. But hey, it's good to uh, be with you. We started the church in its current form. Uh, we moved into Gloucester in uh, I don't even know now, 2008, I think, something like that, so nine. We began the church originally in 1994, and um, we were blessed because uh, we were around just, which is ancient, I know. I, 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 was, I was just three at the time. <laughs> Joke. Um, we were blessed because we just experienced a move and outpouring of the Holy Spirit in those days. And um, that became our DNA, became what shaped us, became who we are. And, um, but you kind of, but Vineyard are kind of our cousins because that move of God kind of came out of Vineyard in those days. And many of our best friends have been in vineyard pastors over the years and um, we have a great love for you guys and I just I love Daniel and Emily and I, I love this house and um, just want to you know it's it's a joy to be here this afternoon it's such a, a privilege to be asked so thank you and um, thanks for letting us in here to wreck your service and uh, and um just to kind of the meeting of cousins, really. So, you know, it's good. We, uh, 
we're on the same team and I want to see you guys blessed. I want to see you prosper. I want to see God do amazing things here and, um, and, and clearly he is. So, you know, uh, it's really good. Um, Sharon, stand up, Sharon. My, my wife have been in kind of... Do you want to say hi? Come say hi. Hi. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? Um, actually, I did have a picture. Um, can I give that? Well, I had a picture of Jesus, and he, he got hold of his cloak, and it covered everyone here. And I felt that some people maybe um, feel vulnerable or uncovered, and you need to get under his cloak, like under his wings, okay? And then you will be covered, okay? So let me gather you, just for a... Let, if you feel like... Um... You're not being looked after properly. Or you feel vulnerable. Jesus wants to gather you under his cloak. And if that's you, why don't you just pray for them before we start? Just pray for the cloak of Jesus to to wrap around every person. Yeah, Jesus, I thank you that you love everyone here. No matter what their background, no matter what they've done or haven't done where they've been or haven't been. Father, you love each one. And I just pray especially for those who feel vulnerable today, those who feel uncared for, those who who feel like nobody understands. Father, I just pray that you will put your cloak over them today, that they will experience your covering and your love, your deep deep love for them. Amen. Isn't he good, eh? Isn't God good? We, um, Sharon and I are not always home. We We travel a lot these days. Um, but we, it's a privilege and a blessing for us to do things in the city here. And so, I know, we're loving being here this afternoon. and It's exciting. I've been asked to talk on uh, John's Gospel. I understand this is the kind of theme for a few weeks. And um, you picked the right one for me because John is my... Favorite of favorites. And um, in fact, John's Gospel was my favorite even when I was in my teens. And I used to um, study it and I did some study in it later. And uh, it's always been my grounding. And in that Gospel, I've learned to meet the Father. In that gospel, Jesus, more than perhaps anything else, introduces us to a dynamic encounter with his dad. And so all the way through that gospel, John is making hints and 
talking openly about how the Father wants to bring us all to a place of complete security, of complete peace, and of complete fulfillment. And so I've got the privilege of doing a couple of verses here. And I did put them up. There is a slide with them in the message. Okay? So these are the verses that Dan, Daniel asked me to go with. And, and I love this. He's kind of picked the right ones for me. And uh, I would have gone with anything, but this is my fave. So um, this is the message Bible. And it says, so Jesus explained himself at length. I'm telling you this straight. The son, that's him, Jesus, can't independently do a thing. What Only what he sees the father doing. The father, uh, what the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he is doing. What a brilliant verse. Jesus, he said, is explaining himself at length. Now, this doesn't seem at length to me. It seems a few sentences. But he says, this is it down the line. This is me down the line, says Jesus. I can't do anything on my own back. I can only do what the Father shows me, tells me, releases me to do. Why was this so important for John? And why is it so important for me and maybe for you? I searched for many years looking for God the Father. I grew up knowing about Jesus and uh, when I was in my early teens, my parents met the Holy Spirit and uh, so I kind of grew up knowing Jesus and the Holy Spirit but the Father, or let's call him God, was sometimes a little bit scary for me. He was sometimes a bit distant. I wasn't sure whether he was going to be the guy in the Old Testament that made a load of rules that I couldn't keep or what he was going to be like. And I had this longing to meet the Father, but I couldn't really find out how. And for many years, if someone was teaching on the Father or if there was a book coming out on the Father, I would buy it. I would read it, I would go to the session. And you know what? It sort of helped, but it never kind of, it still left me wondering, how do I connect with God as dad? Because Jesus said, I can't do anything another way. He said, I don't get motivated, he said it this way, in other words, I don't get motivated by fear, I don't get motivated by guilt, I don't get motivated by what I think other people want me to do, 
Anybody get motivated by what other people want you to do? Have I? <laughs> Pastors. Anyone ever feel motivated because you feel ashamed and so you do things? Yeah. Or guilty, so you do things. Or afraid, so you do things. Or you want to be liked, so you do things to please people. I'm not saying that making other people happy is wrong, but Jesus lived with this single motivation. What is my dad like and what's he doing about this thing? And that was his world. And I searched to know the father like this and I couldn't find it anywhere. I mean, he was good to me and God was good and I had a faith. And, and I met the Holy Spirit and I you know, enjoyed his presence and all that stuff. But I knew there was something in here that would come alive fully when I met my heavenly dad. And I want to say to you today, you and I have been built and designed to function with our heavenly dad. See, Jesus came, according to John's gospel, with two things in mind. One, to advertise. Let's put it in modern terms. All right. And the other, to sell. That's, that's modern terminology. He came to model and he came to give. He came to show you what the Father was like. And he came to bring us to the Father. Jesus came to a very confused... Can I switch a slide? Oh, yeah, Jesus came to a world where people's core understanding of the Father was shaped by three main ingredients. Family, religion, and culture, or society. Let me talk a little bit about this. I mean, I've had to battle with all of these. I was, um, when I first became a pastor, which is ancient now, but I still feel like I'm 10 years old inside. But when I look in the mirror, it tells me another story. But I, 30 odd years ago, when I just started out, I remember doing some counseling training and um, went to a place called Waverley Abbey. And um, in this counseling training, they had this way of trying to unpack you because they said it's no good you counseling people if you aren't first unpacked and put together again. And they did this session where they said, right, we want, it's a small group session and it's happening at night and we want you to sit in a circle. So we sat in a circle and the leader of the group sat down, lady, 
and she sat down. Five minutes. Ten minutes. And people in the circle are starting to itch a bit. You could tell the ones that are more insecure because they were kind of really, come on, do something. And this was deliberate because they wanted to see who blurted anything out first. And uh, this girl suddenly said to me, Wes, you look like a cool kind of guy. You look like you're relaxed. Do you ever get angry? Tell me, what was your dad like? And I was being really cool because I can sit there being really cool. But part of me wasn't being cool. And my dad was away most of the time when I was growing up. So to the point that my, um, I said to my mum when I was a toddler, Mummy, does daddy live here or does he just come and stay? Because I didn't know if he belonged or if he was just a visitor. And so my dad had been away and my mum was quite insecure and quite depressed. And I said to this woman who asked me the question, well, I can't tell you what my dad was like when I was young, really, because he wasn't around very much. And all of a sudden, this volcano erupted from inside me. And I started to weep and groan. And, and part of me is thinking, oh, this is a bit weird. Because there's part of me that was all together. You know, pastors can do that, actually. They can kind of be together, but not together. And I was, I was watching myself as I erupted into a blob. And I realize now that all of this frustration of my dad not being there for me, I'd learned to rationalize and live with it. But it burst out on me that day. I was all right. The rest of them were a bit embarrassed. But I went back to my room. And I sat on the bed. And for the first time in my life ever, I physically felt the father walk into the room and sit down beside me. It was like the sweetest, most beautiful, most wonderful encounter. I met the Father. I met God, not just as a big God out there, but as a loving dad. I'd grown up with an image of my earthly father not being there for me. And Jesus came to a society where family had, even good families never quite, 
You know, everything in, in this world is broken because of sin, isn't it? And even mums and dads, you know, we, get, we do our best, but we get stuff wrong sometimes. And my dad wasn't deliberately anything wrong, but it left this thing in me. And what I didn't realize was that I viewed my heavenly father through the same glasses, through the same lens. In here, I had a belief system that said, God, he's away. He just comes to stay sometimes. I didn't know I thought like that. But it's how I saw it. Because my family experience causes me to see him that way. I've only got one heart. I don't have one heart for my family and one heart for God. Whatever's gone on in here with people affects him too. It's like if you have a satellite dish that picks up signals. We don't use them much now because it all comes down the cable. But, you know, if you had one of those and it was broken, then it would be broken for BBC and for Sky. Do you get me? You've only got one dish for all the channels. And, and I've only got one heart. And what I went through in my life with my dad left me wondering about the Heavenly Father. And that day when it all came out, he could now come in. That was the first time I met him. First time I encountered the father. And some of us have had absent fathers. Some have had really angry fathers or abusive fathers. Some have, you know, know we don't have time to go into all of those things too, but today, but what I'm trying to say is Jesus came to show us what the real father's like. He came to advertise, to model the father, because they were broken and they didn't know what dad was like. I felt the father take me in his arms. And something in me came into a place of security and peace that I'd never known before. Religion had shaped me too because I grew up in a very religious home. So, you know, I was in wacky religious home when I was a kid because Sunday was a holy day and I wasn't even allowed to play with my friends on a Sunday and I wasn't allowed to um, watch the TV and various things like that. And but I lived with this kind of, I did love God, but I was also a bit scared of messing it up and I always felt guilty. And one day I was in a meeting and a vineyard pastor called Bob McKenzie, who was a good friend of ours from Canada, um, comes over and he prays for me and he starts praying that God would break the religious ideas that I had about him off my life. And for the second time, something broke inside me. And I realized the father had just shown up again. And over the years, my experiences 
because I was, I was a really guilty kind of kid. I mean, once I went, I was 11, and we went, I went to the cinema with my friends. That was bad for me growing up in the very tight home I grew up. And um, half an hour into the movie, I am getting so guilty that I ran out of the place, leaving my friends behind, who then looked round and saw I disappeared and thought I'd been abducted. And I was in a mess. But my religion was stopping me knowing the Father. And John says, Jesus has come here. Let me read another scripture to you. Can you flick over to that last one for me? Um, Is it there? Yeah. No one has ever seen God at any time, but the, this is the Amplified Bible, the only unique son, the only begotten God who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the Father. He has declared him, he's revealed him, he has brought the Father out where he can be seen. He has interpreted him and he's made him known. I've experienced the Father on so many occasions. We went through a time many years ago um, where we didn't have any, we, we were skint. Anybody ever been skint? Anybody still skinned? You don't have to put your hands up. But listen, we go there sometimes, right? And it was my son's birthday, our son's birthday. And I was feeling really bad because I couldn't give him a party. Because we had nothing. And we took a little picnic and went out. And then while we're out, it poured with rain. And like our, our drinks were filling up faster than we could drink them. Because the rain was pouring down. We got home, we were all soaking wet and... We put a picnic blanket on the floor and bring our mashy, soggy stuff back out. And I'm thinking, Father, you are my father. Society tells me that, that, that you know, I'm a failure. Society tells me that, uh, that if I haven't, you know, done this and done that and got that, then I don't deserve it. But you are my father. And there was a knock at the door. And there were some friends there, and they said, oh, we've just been to a wedding. And uh, there was a load of food left over. We thought you might like it. So in comes salmon and caviar and, you know, roast beef and, and you name it. And we put it on the soggy picnic blanket in the middle of the lounge. And I said, Father, you are the best. See, society tells you you don't deserve things. Religion tells you he'll be angry with you. Family sometimes tells us he's absent or he's abusive. But Jesus says, come and meet my dad because he's the real deal. Come and let me advertise. Because he, it's not a word I like, but it's a word we understand. Let me show you what he's like. Let me advertise the product. Let me 
demonstrate my dad. And so everything Jesus does is with his dad. And John says um, in chapter 1, he says, Jesus is in the intimate place of the Father, in the bosom of the Father. It's not a word we use. It's a word I used at kids at school and used to laugh about. But it's, listen, it's a maternal word. Have I gone over time? Yes. It's a maternal word. And Jesus, listen, two minutes. Jesus is walking around the earth doing miracles in his body. But in his heart, he's in the Father like this. Let's stand up. We're going to have a bit of time. Just pray for you. Because time is rolling. Sorry. I'm not used to it. Well, I am, but I... uh, I'm used to my wife shouting at me, time to stop. But I, I, I didn't brief her on that one. But listen, I want just to ask you, how well do you know the Father? Do you know that he's there for you? Do you know that whatever your upbringing He's the real deal. Do you know whatever church or religion has taught you and all the hoops it might have put you through in the past, he's just here to embrace you. Do you know that when society says you're not good enough, the father says, come to me. I've got it. And so I'm just going to pray right now that that blanket of Jesus' robe of the Father's love will come over you all. And if you identified with anything I said today, just give it to Jesus for a minute. Just tell him, Jesus, my dad was like this, or Jesus... The church I used to go to made it out you were like this or And what I'd like to do is just, you know, if there if anyone wants to talk to me after because I've you know I've wrecked your timing already. Um, I'd be happy just to, to pray for you briefly. Maybe you are feeling, I, you know, I need God to come through where I'm skinned. The Father loves you. And Jesus didn't just advertise the Father. He made the way to the Father. So you and I can live in the bosom of the Father too. And so Father, I pray you would issue this invitation and you would draw each person here into that place of unloading the stuff that's in the way. 
and encountering dad as he really, really is in Jesus' name. Amen.